0: Is love. Love is God's essence, His whole being. Everything in Him is love. Even His justice is love. Welcome
1: to the podcast for Catholic education and Catholics seeking education.
0: This is Going Forth. Episode 5 Why We March.
1: How do you again, Anthony? It was nice seeing you this past weekend. We've got a little podcast that you you had a great idea for this podcast um, related to our activities this weekend, which were at the One Life LA event, one of the many pro life events, pro life marches and rallies that have took place last weekend, and some of them are taking place this weekend. Um, and it was nice getting to see you. We we live you know a little further apart than we used to, so it's nice getting to see you. Right. Right. Um, and what what was the first topic that you thought might be relevant to you know our audience of,
0: yeah,
1: Catholics, Catholic teachers, Catholic educators, Catholic mm-hmm. students,
0: yeah, well, when uh, this whole, March for Life and Walk for Life, uh, comes around every year, it it always strikes me that there's a, uh, um, uh, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, and we don't always have enough time to talk about it, and. Um, the night of the march, I think it was the Friday, there, was, there were a lot of news stations that were having um, people on to talk about why we march. And this hashtag was trending. I thought maybe we could talk about why we march, you and I. Um, we could talk a bit about um, how powerful the walk and the march for life really is for young Catholics and just for young people in general. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about how we can build a culture for life, um, as Pope John Paul II coined the phrase to really build our culture to be oriented towards life. I think this is one of the biggest issues of our day. So I guess let's start off with a a question and we can um, go back and forth and see what we think about this. So what makes the walk for life or or a march for life a unique experience? I mean, they happen, in Chicago, they, they happen in uh, let's see, L.A., San Francisco, Washington D.C. I'm sure they have them in other countries. But what makes them such a unique experience for faith and the social life of a Catholic student? For me,
1: increasingly, the reason that I go back to these events is is to remind myself of the community that exists and of the the passion that exists. Um, it's it's uh, firming and and uh, gives me a little confidence boost. I think to carry that me- message with me and to remain involved year round mm-hmm. in different activities and ministries right. and discussions. Um, I, I had a student ask me at this past weekend, a former student that we met um, at the One Life LA event, and he said, "Do you think this event like changes people's minds?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I suppose I suppose I would have thought the same thing if I was yeah. if I was in high school, but I I increasingly think it's it's not so much about I don't think that march, that 4-hour period is about changing minds during that time per se, but I I do think it it strengthens the people who go there. It gives them the resolve and the resiliency to um to go back into their places of work, and worship, and mm-hmm. study, mm-hmm. and when these sensitive topics come up, they will have spent time praying, marching, reading, learning, mm-hmm. um, kind of gathering the discipline necessary to engage in those conversations intelligently, compassionately, um, in a Christ-like way. So I, I really find that the, the marches are beneficial to me Mm -hmm. in that way
0: yeah well and it was it's really interesting it's 45 years and so my parents when 45 years
1: since the since Roe v. Wade we should say yeah yeah sorry
0: but yeah 45 years since Roe v. Wade and 45 years since the March for Life has been happening in DC I think this is like the fourth or fifth one in, in LA but I started going when I was younger and the first time I went, I was very anxious. I think like many of the students we encounter when we go on this, I was very anxious um, just to what was I I gonna experience? What was gonna happen? Um, And I think it really did open my eyes to the peaceful nature of many of the walkers. Obviously not everyone comes with the same goal in mind, but we have a unifying philosophy that is these, we wanna help these children and these mothers and we help want to help build that culture that both the child and the mother um, in America and in all around the world are protected by um, the law and protected by uh, the family. I think that that you know I, the social life is so important in the sense that it's, it, it's essentially how we start building our culture, our society, and that first interaction. Well, man, I don't even know what I'm saying right now because I'm like kind of flustered, but. I don't know. I I've been talking a lot with my students about the social life and and I guess what I'm trying to say is that the mother and the child uh has, has such a vital building block for the rest of the child's life and I I know I have family members who their their mother had considered abortion and you know when they hear that story I I've, I've heard some of those stories at the at the walk and the march and to hear that like you know a mother said yes, like, I, I wanted to abort you, like, wow, it, it, like, kind of opens your eyes, and I don't know if any of our students were um, listening, but there were some talks at the March for Life or the Walk for Life that were getting at that heart that it really does, I don't know, I don't even know what I'm saying, but... No,
1: sorry. it moves you. I think, that, yeah. I think there's testimonials that are, like, yeah. incredibly powerful um, for all the sort of, like, you and I have gone to, like, workshops on... How to build mm-hmm. a good pro-life argument and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And while that sort of academic, intellectual, sort of philosophically sound, right. you know, you know, understanding of, of life is a valuable portion of the movement, right. I, I really think for me, like I, I could never the offer the world the the testimonies that some and of, of course, these post-abortive of women and and even some fathers, share at these things about being coerced and feeling scared and and frightened beyond all belief Mm -hmm. and now regretting their decision those are those are things that you know you and i as as males um just haven't you know won't be able to offer so it's really encouraging to see all pieces
0: of the movement
1: i think kind of there on those on those march days
0: well and that kind of leads into the second question i had which was when our students come to these events how do we keep them engaged? And um I'll let you have it, but I do have a comment on movies because there was something there's something about movies that really can help with this. But how do you think we can help young students stay engaged when they're at the Walk for Life or to want to keep coming back? Like I hope that those four guys we saw or five guys we saw, I hope they come back because it really right. can help the help the movement. How do you think we can help this? For me, I know one of the defining like um moments
1: in high school was attending the march for life with my high school and that's sort of what mm-hmm. spurred me to to stay involved in the pro-life mm-hmm. movement to to uh, as a teacher carry on carry this on and at, at a xavier university i was in the students for life um and i i think the 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 experience the sort of visceral experience of seeing the signs and seeing people and kind of feeling that energy uh, draw does draw students back but but your question is great because I think one of the reasons that I wanted to go up to Los Angeles this weekend and was not just to see you but it was also to give myself a reason to reach out to some of these students mm-hmm. that were were involved in. Uh, the pro-life club at our previous school but yeah. maybe haven't you know without without our energy and our passion for it haven't stayed as in the loop mm-hmm. and and i was really just kind of pleased and very humbled mm-hmm. to know that those six students i think came out yeah, and were were whether whether it was because they wanted to see us <laughs> or or because they genuinely were interested in this sort of activism in the spirit of the event I, I think that's kind of irrelevant because I think they, they got a, another sense of, wow, this, this was a good thing. You know, this right. is a, a neat event. Um, right.
0: Well, yeah, and I think uh, speaking about that, the uniqueness of the event, I mean, we were sitting up on the hill with these six guys and, you know, talking with them and looking over at, at the crowd. There were a lot of young people there. And I, I, I wouldn't, I've I would never been to the one, um, the, the Students for Life uh, meetup in wash or in San Francisco that you went to a few years ago but um, I know that when you were there you had mentioned that they got to see like a pro life film or something like a debut of some pro life film but I personally think that it, it, if they wanted to help like more young people get involved with this they might I don't know advertise some pro life media while they're there I think that they, they did have some but there were there's some good pro life films out there that could be you um, could use this as a way to, to jump pad to get kids more involved. I know that um, you know my sister. She her her group. They just released some new pro life feminist film, and I think it. And this is I,
1: the, her group is Rehumanize International. Maybe we should say that because it's they're yeah, certainly doing yeah. some interesting work in the pro life movement, kind of building bridges to uh, yeah, of course. expand the pro life coalition, sort of the political coalition, yeah. I'd say, into something yeah. more than. What um, some of the what I right. describe as old guard uh, pro life movement has done. So.
0: Right, and there have and there have been other films in the past besides that one, but yeah, I think that uh, inviting students to some sort of event or you know a, a meet up or gather up like where schools and colleges and universities can come together to uh, kind of mingle and learn more about the pro life movement, but then kind of engage with media as well because I think our our generation is so. Um, engulfed by media that this could be a way that oh the oh you know I don't know if I necessarily want to go talk to a booth or I'm not sure if I want to get another pamphlet but if I'm invited to a movie or if I'm invited to like you know some sort of performance I might be more drawn you know maybe a pro-life musician because they did have some pro-life musicians at One Life and I think that was um, definitely made it more of a family event and made it a very joyful occasion so Yeah. yeah Yeah. Good. No,
1: I'd, I'd agree. I think that that couldn't be um, a powerful thing for students to, to see movies that overtly kind of address the topic of abortion in a, from a pro-life perspective. Right. Okay. So we, one of our friends that we were with uh, the other day, he remarked at the end of the event that it would be nice to see more um, getting, getting the people at the event sort of tuned into. to... Uh, political realities and and getting them tuned into volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. Why why don't we have you know sign up booths? Why don't we take people and and go around and say we're trying to get um, you know ten volunteers every single Thursday mm-hmm. for the whole year at this maternity home or at this right. pro life pregnancy center? Right. Would you so, would you volunteer for you know this date in March or something? Right. And and it seems like that's I imagine that will take shape, but mm-hmm. I think some of the events are kind of young. Some of the mm-hmm. organizations are maybe not as connected or or as savvy that right. way. But but hopefully right. those things will take shape because that's one more way that, as teachers, as students, as parents, as as Catholics, I think we should be, tuned. We should be engaged in the the work of the pro life ministry, as we say.
0: Right. Well, there. Uh, archbishop gomez i think to his credit did some a really great job of providing some uh outlets to see but i do agree that we had to go engage with them and when i was walking by them there i didn't feel like people were drawing me in to ask me like hey can you help how can you help with the pro-life movement and I'm I'm, i'm not trying to bag on anyone i think it's tough in general but um Maybe you know they could have been walking around and, and engaging with us more or they could have had more stuff on the on the stage yeah it's not a lot of time I think it was like a four hour event but it seems like it goes by like that and there's not, it was um it was tough to to beyond just the walk itself um, and maybe a few of the keynote speakers I did feel like um engaging with the young people was. La, la, it, it could have improved it could be improved it could ha- be improved definitely and that's a good point I think I, I agree with what he said um, yeah. Um, yeah so but there, there I don't want to downplay the mm-hmm.
1: real activism and volunteer work that goes on at the yes. high school and college high um, college levels because I, like there are university students who every you know weekend they go out to Planned Parenthoods and, and stand mm-hmm. outside as a, as a visible witness to their yes. testimony for life. And there are you know, high school students that do service work, volunteering at pregnancy centers, even right. things like organizing baby clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's definitely those opportunities. I think it's just mm-hmm. a matter of feeding them to people who are committed enough to show up to these events every January 23rd, or whenever they happen in a city near you.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I guess let's move on real quick. Um, I don't know if i say that. Let, let's move on to our next topic. And, and I think this, I guess, pertains more to our schools um, and our communities. How can we, as Catholic school teachers and, and these students that are listening, how can we bring rituals and activities onto our campus that can reaffirm life and even if we can't attend the walk for life or the march for life you know it's expensive it's 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 tough to schedule that time out how can we do something yearly or you know every few months to kind of raise that awareness and and to keep minds thinking about this issue because even though we might not be able to politically make moves there's definitely ways that we can work on the ground person to person how can we we do that what what do you think yeah i know
1: at my school down in san diego um some things that have come to mind just talking with you here are Mm -hmm. things like um having a a pro-life mass right Mm -hmm. like we have mass once a week at our school and i think Mm -hmm. um if we could recreate, recreate a kind of requiem mass for the the unborn like the one that you and I saw this weekend in mm-hmm. Los Angeles I think that'd be spectacular would you mm-hmm. would you mind sharing what um yeah that that mass there was a really neat component of it at the end that I think right. really drove home the the seriousness the gravity yeah. the, the loss that um this that is all wrapped up in this issue
0: right well so at the event at, at the mass um we went with some students and it was the first time Some of these students had been, and I leaned over to one of them, and I just kind of, I just got his attention. I said, "So, you know, have you ever experienced anything like this?" And and he kind of turned to me with very solemn eyes, but very serious face, and said, "No, but I don't, you know, I don't think I want to miss this ever again." And it was a powerful moment because what was happening? They had turned the lights off, and they had brought up about 180 candles, one candle for every child that had been. Aborted, you know, on average, um, since the sun rose until the sun set that day, um, that's how many children are aborted, I guess, in the Los Angeles area per day. And, I think uh, it was. I
1: don't know if it was Los Angeles. They said Southern California, oh, Southern California. but yeah, yeah, nonetheless, yeah. it's yeah, incredible.
0: Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess not to. Uh, I guess not to overplay it, but yeah, the 180 candles were on the altar, and they were in a circle, and you know, it was silent. You know, the, I guess the only sound you might have heard would maybe been a, a baby whimpering in the back but it was a very powerful moment because it gave you kind of this profound sense that when I woke up this morning there were 180 lives that may have had the chance um, you know could have could have uh, in just a few months been been sitting you know in the pew next to me but now they're not there and it yeah. was it, it definitely is something we could recreate I think however however you do it in your own parish, you know, symbolic amount of candles instead of having the hundreds of candles you need, but it could still be a very powerful moment for any parish or any school to celebrate one mass a year just as a requiem to um you know, it's essentially kind of a funeral mass for these for these children that we can't they can't be there. And uh yeah, I think that would be a great way to I, I would love to do it. I would love to bring it to my parish in my school. I think that'd be something cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um addition, in addition to that neat visible display and a mass dedicated to the unborn, also you could do a diaper drive. Oh, you yeah. could you could collect baby clothes cuz there mm-hmm. are always maternity of homes course. and <laughs> and pro-life pregnancy centers that you know, take those in and distribute right. them to women
0: in need and There's a there's a pregnancy center in my town that does a bottle drive where they give little baby bottles out and they have you know and then all you do is fill them with coins and uh, the last time I talked to the pregnancy center they said they had like 30 boxes full of just full baby bottles because once people see what you're doing and why you're doing it many people are willing to give like a quarter or you you know 50 cents here and there and they filled up these baby bottles and it really helps the pregnancy center out a lot so they can you know buy necessities for these mothers who are in need and it and it does help a lot. And they're on the ground doing a lot of good for these women who need help. It's great, yeah. yeah. And I guess the other thing that I was thinking of uh, um, was it, is a graveyard for the innocents. It, it's a, this is a little tougher, but I think you, some university students that might be listening, you might be able to do this. It, it, it kind of entails either putting crosses or two, you know uh, maybe you could put uh, what do they call popsicle sticks um, in maybe a, a part of your campus. Uh, you could make ask the campus if we could use the lawn and, and just use popsicle sticks and it won't damage the lawn and you could you know get the permit and just put up you know one popsicle stick for every one child that's been aborted in america this year or, or, or one for every hundred and the amount of popsicle sticks that you'll put in the ground in that kind of uniform way really does speak volumes and it's, it's kind of a silent protest they did it at, at university of portland where i went to school one year and um, it, it drew a lot of conversation, and what it drew was a, a respect, respectful conversations. Because people walking up were like, "Well, what is this?" And then they would find out. And even if they were, you know, totally for abortion, they at least had the conversation. And the respect enough to say, "Okay," like I, I, they didn't, they weren't angry with it. They just it was. They were kind of shocked at the number. I think it, it, it does speak volumes. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I think some those visible displays are needed when this, um, injustice, which is happening on such a massive scale Mm -hmm. is so invisible in our world that it, Mm -hmm. if you even, if you've ever walked up, if you walk to, um, you know, by a Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. it's like a building out of something out of like the Soviet Russia. It's, it's very, there's the, the, uh. (laughs) ideals of transparency and, um, yeah, transparency, I suppose, that have invaded a lot of our architecture and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, buildings, new buildings, Mm -hmm. don't make, don't show themselves in, in these, the architecture for, uh, Planned Parenthoods and other abortion clinics. And part of that is obviously the idea of privacy that's inherent in medicine. But I think part of it is also, um, the, the need to hide the tragedy mm-hmm. of abortion
0: um, yeah yeah um now i guess maybe kind of a reflection at the end I, I think it might be wise that maybe we we chatted a little bit about why we personally are so devoted to this issue um i guess i might get a little philosophical but i, I think i, I want to share this because i think it frames the conversation because even if you know if you've stayed with us for this stuck with us for this long and listened for this long maybe you'll listen a little longer to know why I personally am am so devoted to this, and maybe mike if you could share after that be i'd i'd love to hear why you are so devoted um so personally this issue this this pro life issue um has, has' caused a lot of um i guess heartache in my own life um when I was young I don't think I understood what it meant um what what abortion was you know people had talked about it when I was you know fifteen or sixteen but Um, as I grew older I found John Paul II and a lot of his writings in the Catholic faith and he talks about how um, our lives are made for another that our lives are made for others he talks about the law of the gift a lot and how um, our life will increase the more we give it away and I don't yeah I didn't get this for a long time you know you went to Jesuit high school you went as well and they talk about being men for others talk about service a lot and as i did it as i was forced to do this service i learned very quickly that truly by giving others giving somebody else part of my life to my time my effort my sweat my you know hardships i was really giving away my life but filling it up so much more and i I'm, I'm not i don't have children yet and I'm, you know hoping that one day we'll be gifted with children but um, john paul ii talks about how children really take away our selfishness because they require us to really put our, our efforts and our soul into them so that, you know, they can be happy. And, you know, I look back on my life and how much my parents, you know, they're frustrated What you know, all the times I wake them up in the middle of the night and, you know, I, I puked in my bed one night and my dad comes in with like his, you know, he's like rubbing his eyes and he's frustrated and he's mad. Um, you know, like what did you do? And I puked in my bed, like all over. And I remember that night, like my dad cleaned up my entire bed and then made my bed for me. I'm like, man, I'm thinking back on that now as I'm 26 years old. I'm like, gosh, that's what it means to give your life away. Like, that's part of it. (laughs) That's a stupid example. But it was um, something that I've started to appreciate, you know, that that idea that when we help somebody else, we're truly becoming more human.
1: Yeah, I think... um that all resonates with me and makes sense on my end as well when you ask like why why i'm committed to this it's i think you're you you rightly i think you rightly connect this broad this broad i broader idea which is that like like selfishness is not does not lead to hu- your own f- your own fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of what you one of the things you're getting at, and I yeah, think. Yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my moments of greatest humility, in my moments of greatest gratitude, I have, I have um, noticed that people have have placed others or myself in particular. My my good above theirs or they've sacrificed mm-hmm. for me yeah um, none more than my mom um, but every every family member at different times and my yeah. wife and teachers that i've had yeah. and that that principle i think applies very directly to this issue of mm. abortion and uh, i don't want to in saying that i don't want to uh, sort of place some some insurmountable burden on Right. on the the mothers right Be, but right. It, because i think there are there's a whole web of financial factors and social factors True. and pressures and strains yeah that that make abortion a a you know an option an option a reasonable option for for some women but not not a justifiable not a morally justifiable option right and and i think i think the the under my understanding of motherhood and my my tremendous appreciation for my own mom mm-hmm. i think is is in somewhere you know swimming around in my own thinking mm-hmm. like at the root of of why i i'm committed to this cause cuz i think you know that that experience of motherhood right so so perfectly embodies literally this idea of of sacrifice for for another in a way that's been influential not just to my life but literally to every single person who would ever come across this life that at Mm -hmm. some point Mm -hmm. someone made that that sort of conscious will decision to to sacrifice for you so that's that's very powerful to me i speaking of this i -hmm. i don't know i don't i don't have Mm -hmm. a, a Great answer. I don't have like a it's, a, it's, a perfect answer, but I know yeah. that the best essay I've ever read on mm-hmm. why we why the pro life movement is was by a, a guy named Matthew Lee Anderson. I think he's working mm-hmm. on his PhD at Oxford or some something like that. But very intelligent. Mm-hmm. But he wrote an essay in Vox and mm-hmm. talked about like the sacredness of human life and and that just. That as a teacher in the classroom, as a as a husband, as a brother, as a son, as a you know as a, as a person who's experienced like some some uh, you know kind of profound, profound just like peace at times and and sense of fulfillment, and and the complexity of relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I can't deny that the sake you know the sacredness of of life um yeah. and I, mean, I yeah it's it's tough but the Matthew Lee Anderson in uh it was an an essay in vox vox.com I would highly recommend everyone go check it out
0: I mean I could probably link that in the description so yeah yeah um I get, actually I wanted to share one thing um, you maybe think of uh, an article I've, I just read today because I'm teaching about justice in, in school and justice oftentimes comes off as like this rule following thing like a parent wagging their finger like I've got to bring justice down and even when talking about abortion people say we need to have justice for the unborn and I truly think we need to have justice for the mother but that doesn't detach itself from the unborn and here's why because God, when he brings justice, it's so, it's, this is what Peter Creeb says, but God is love. Love is God's essence, his whole being. Everything in him is love. Even his justice is love. I'm going to combine that really quick with, and end quote, sorry, I'm going to combine that real quick with what John Paul II says about justice. He says, a person's rightful due or their justice is to be treated as an object of love, not as an object for use. And I think that ties in so clearly with this child-mother thing that, you know, a, the child is it needs their mother, it has no other option. And until that child is old enough to then return the love back to the mother, the mother is kind of the bearer of that love, and she has the, this, this just duty and responsibility and, like, kind of a gift to give that love to the child. And then yeah. once, that, once that child's old enough, that justice will be repaid. That that love will hopefully be repaid. So. and
1: hopefully. and I think it. Just to be clear, should yeah. be said. So does the the boyfriend. So does okay. the fiance. So does <laughs> yeah. the the husband. You know, yes. th- whoever the father is, has that same oh, same course. duty. That same sort of commitment. And right. um, because it takes two. And just, <laughs> as the, the, the just as the the abortionist, just as the you know receptionist sitting yeah. at Planned Parenthood, like like they they too are called to provide justice that um you know treats the each human as an object of love and i i just you shared that with me just before we did the podcast here and i i love the quote i love the idea of i think the object of love is is so perfect because Mm -hmm. it helps me understand this issue you know helps helps me think about abortion and and right. why I oppose it. But it but it also helps me think about like those moments where you get frustrated with, <laughs> you know, a friend or a, a dad or, you know, yeah, or whoever. It, it helps you really understand like, was I, or it helps you think better. Was I treating Trust. this person as an object of love? Yeah. Even in my, if I was frustrated with them, did I respond to them as an object of love or did I mm-hmm. respond to them as an object of use? Of
0: course. Um, so and, that's, and, that's great. Yeah. Thanks and, for and, sharing that quote. No, and of course, and, and even Aquinas and Bishop Barron quotes this all the time, but if we understand what love means, it even unlocks it further. Love is to will the good of the other as other. And it's the same same concept. And so I think we can we can leave our audience, I guess, with that. But um, it was wonderful to talk about this, Mike, and, and good to see you again last weekend. Um, why, don't, why don't we end with, pro- and uh, let's ask Our Lady today, because... I was just thinking about death a lot lately because we've had some friends die. And um, mm-hmm. if you listen to this prayer, at the end of it, we're asking Mary to be with us now until the hour of our death. And I think let's ask her to be with those children as well, the children we've been praying for, um, and the mothers as well in their lives. So if you'd
1: like to lead us, go for it.
0: Of course. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen i think this was probably the most succinct podcast we've done so far thanks <laughs> thanks mike good work yeah thanks for listening once again if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with michael and i go ahead and send us an email at goingforthpodcast at gmail.com.